T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome to At Your Service here on Camel X. Brad Young sitting in with you this evening. Hey, thanks for sticking around tonight. We'll be here until 10 o'clock. And as you've heard me say many times, from my perspective, At Your Service means exactly what it says. We're here for you. So uh, we're going to have an interview in the second segment tonight. But otherwise, as long as we're not in an interview, that's the only interview we have for this evening. If we're talking about a news story and it interests you, or even if you've got another topic you want to bring up, we want to hear from you. That's what at your service means, at least when they're brave enough to give me the microphone. So uh, that's, and you know, of course, the phone lines, 314-436-7900, call or text. And always during the course of the show, I get lots of texts. And uh, as long as I'm not going to violate any FCC rules, I'll try to read them on the air. Uh, Also, uh, because I haven't been on with you in a while because of Cardinal Baseball, if you ever want to send me an email, my law firm, Harris, Dowell, Fisher, and Young, my email address is beyoung at harrisdowell.com, H-A-R-R-I-S-D-O-W-E-L-L.com. Boy, it's uh, anything happened at the Supreme Court today? I don't really know. It's been kind of slow. And again, whenever I think of slow at the Supreme Court, I'm, I, I always think of that time during COVID when the Supreme Court justices were doing oral arguments via Zoom, or it was being audio. It wasn't even video. It was just audio. And during one of the oral arguments, you heard a toilet flushing. And that just... That just that just wrecked my idea of the Supreme Court because, you know, you, you imagine the Supreme Court justices, they're all in black robes. They're the smartest people on the planet. They've got, you know, triple-digit IQs up there, but they're wearing robes. And when I heard the toilet flush, I'm thinking, maybe there's nothing under those robes. Yeah, they, that's why they felt uh, free and easy. At least one of them did. And of course, the rumor was always that it was Ginsburg, but we don't know. Nobody confirmed just because she was the oldest and, you know, listen, old people have to go to the bathroom a lot. But uh, at least she could have turned off her mic when they flushed the toilet. I mean, come on. I've heard of people uh, being on their phones when they're uh, using the toilet. But really, oral argument at the Supreme Court? 
Uh, so uh, not that that's happened recently because they're back to uh, to live and in person uh, oral arguments. But uh, I'm always wondering about those robes, what it, what it is they're actually wearing. But in any event, we did have a, a big decision today. And after we do an interview uh, coming up in the next segment, we're going to break that down. It's the New York Rifle and Pistol Club versus Bruin. And this is... This is the first Supreme Court case dealing with the Second Amendment since 2008. So these cases don't come up very often. And yet when they do, just like Heller versus U.S. in 2008, uh, they're important, uh, they're groundbreaking, and they have a, immediate and lasting impacts on our society. And that's, that's what a lot of Supreme Court cases do. Now, if you look, I try to look at every case the Supreme Court decides, and and folks, the vast majority of them are the most boring decisions you would ever, well, they don't have anything to do with anything. They're regulatory issues, uh, they're application of regulation issues. A lot of times they're not very interesting, but by golly, when they are, they're, they're, they're groundbreaking and ground shaking. And so uh, we did get that decision today. We also got a decision earlier this week talking about uh, religious schools in Maine and how they can or cannot get funding when the state gives out money. Is it okay to intentionally discriminate against schools based upon religion? Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. So we'll talk about that. But also, chances are, and uh, and this is the other part, it's, it's kind of like betting on the outcome of a game. And whenever you play this game of, will the Supremes release a decision tomorrow, yes or no? All I know is this, the Dobbs case, that's the case that potentially could overturn Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court usually only hands down decisions on Monday mornings. And so they, in addition to Monday, the court also scheduled today as a hand down day but then late in the day yesterday, the Supremes then said, well, we're going we're gonna to hand down some decisions on Friday. And so that coupled with the idea that there's now uh, there's been fencing put up around the Supreme Court, security has been beefed up, has led many Supreme Court watchers to think we'll get the Dobbs case tomorrow. So I'll talk a little bit about that this evening. But after this interview, I'm certainly going to want to hear from you about is this, you know, timing-wise, is this bad? How do you fit in a case that expands the use of gun ownership and gun usage in this country when we just came off of the heels of the Uvalde school shooting? We just, just a few years ago, we had Sandy Hook, and earlier this year, we had the shooting in Buffalo. How do those ideas go together, and should the Supreme Court take those kinds of situations into consideration when they're deciding legal issues? We're going to go through all of those and unpack all of those issues as the show unfolds this evening. But coming up next, we're, we're going to talk to Evan Sowers. He is, uh, he is the executive vice president of Central Bank of St. Louis, and we're going to talk about an angle of this inflation issue that really hasn't been discussed. We, everyone has pain at the pump, but how does this affect businesses? How does this affect small businesses? And when it impacts them, does it make the problem worse for you? We're going to talk about that coming up after the break. Brad Young at your service on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. know that inflation's hurting us all. It's hurting you. It's hurting me. Every time we gas up our car or buy products, or even if we get a raise at work and it doesn't cover the increase in prices. But what's not talked about is how inflation impacts companies, both large and small, and then in turn, how this impacts the bottom line for what we pay for goods and services. So joining us this evening is Evan Sowers. He's the executive vice president of Central Bank of St. Louis. Hey, Evan, thanks for joining us this evening on KMOX. Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, all of us feel the pain at the pump. You do and I do, uh, particularly at the pump, because we have to do it regularly and we see every day it's in our face how much gas is going up and how rarely it goes down. But the question is, how are businesses impacted by the same problem? Yeah, you know, it's definitely felt across the spectrum. You know, as, as consumers, we're paying more at the pump uh, when we fill our vehicles. But what doesn't get us talked uh, about as much is the higher expense of shipping goods. Uh, you know, and that uh, that really holds true as it pertains to overseas shipping. Um, I've read it costs almost double what it used to to uh, mm. bring uh, you know, uh, things overseas, um, you know, for the goods that get here, uh, via truck, you know, I've seen estimations that, you know, a thousand dollars or more per, you know, container. So since it now costs more to get those goods into our stores, you know, those increase, uh, uh, prices are now cutting into businesses margins. Mm -hmm. And, and we saw earnings at, you know, Walmart target and others about a month ago, which made a lot of financial headlines. Um, it's definitely the ripple effect, and unfortunately, the consumer is feeling the increased expenses. Uh, you know, to complicate things even further, you know, consumers are spending more of their discretionary income on things like fuel and food, which leaves them less on non-essential items, which will also have an impact on businesses. Sure. Well, Evan, uh, economists initially told us that this spike in inflation was, and I think the word was transitory, uh, or I guess that's another way of saying it wouldn't be around very long. But that's not the case now, is it? You know, it's really too early to tell how this all ends up. Um, if you think back to even just last year, we were very heavily still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Uh, but we were enjoying record low interest rates, uh, record high stock market results, sometimes you know, setting new highs each day. Uh, record low unemployment and the economy was just you know really roaring um, that of course isn't without its risk though uh, you can you know overheat an economy and then you have to worry mm-hmm. you know the risk of inflation so in many ways I think a lot of us saw this as a potential issue long term and that you know the Federal Reserve really has to walk a fine line as they uh, you know think through increased interest rates uh, to help slow inflation you know down without really triggering recessionary concerns. And, you know, even recently we've seen historic interest rate hikes from the Fed already, you know, uh, 0.75% just a week or so ago. And, you know, there's even another 0.75% being talked about in upcoming months. So definitely a delicate balance. And I think, you know, we'll see these rates hikes have an impact, uh, but it will very likely take some time to see how it all plays out. We're talking to Evan Sowers. He's the executive vice president at Central Bank of St. Louis. And Evan, you mentioned a moment ago, as you were talking, you talked about coming out of COVID. And I know that we hear a lot about how the Russian war in Ukraine impacted the price of oil. But kind of what you mentioned a moment ago, oil and gasoline prices were already on the rise even before this Russian invasion. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and energy has definitely been an interesting thing to watch over the last few years. Uh, at the height of the pandemic, and call it you know April of 2020, uh, the May contract of oil futures was actually negative at one point in time. So it's hard to think that in two years we saw at one point 120 dollars uh, per you know barrel uh, in, in oil prices. And I think a lot of it has to do with the pent up demand for fuel. You know, again, think of all the business travel, the leisure travel, all the folks working from home. Uh, There just wasn't as much fuel being used, which Mm -hmm. drove the demand down. So I think a lot of what we're seeing now is likely a catch up from that time. And it's certainly been on the rise. I mean, even a year ago, it was around $74 a barrel. Again, I'm specifically talking about the West Texas index or WTI. Um, I have, you know, on the other side of the equation, though, I've seen reports where Russia was supplying 14 to 15 percent of the world oil demands. So, you know, since the invasion, I think economic sanctions, you know, what have you, have certainly had an impact. But things definitely seem to have been on the move prior to that. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned pent-up demand. And, and that's true, isn't it? And not just for oil and gasoline, but for all goods, for discriminatory, uh, uh, discrimination, discriminatory spending, I'm sorry. But whenever they had this pent-up demand and everyone was in their homes and now they're out and about and doing things, that added – uh, increase in purchasing, that also has an effect, doesn't it, on the way prices going up whenever there's an increase of demand and a shortening of supply? Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, you know, obviously, it's a huge shift in many ways back to how things were pre-pandemic. And we're also seeing a lot of changes in the workplace as more and more folks, uh, you know, remote in or work from home a few days a week uh, or what have you. So a number of employers are letting some and sometimes even a large percentage of their staff work from home uh, now, and that helps dampen the impact of these higher fuel costs as those folks aren't commuting or traveling to work as much. Uh, however, you know, for the companies that are bringing all their staff back in, you know, it now costs more for those individuals to commute in. So mm-hmm. we're already seeing uh, an existing, you know, tight job market with record low unemployment get even tighter as, you know, some of these folks are looking for higher compensation to offset you know, these now new uh, cost increases. We're talking to Evan Sowers, Executive Vice President of Central Bank of St. Louis. And Evan, I know Central Bank works with large companies, but also small businesses and even individuals. So 
How does inflation and increased energy costs, how does that hit small businesses in a particularly hard fashion, even more so maybe than large companies? Yeah, so uh, Central Bank is really proud of the fact that we work with so many large, medium, and small-sized businesses. It's really a big part of who we are, and we like to see the impact that helping all businesses in our communities uh, makes. You know, speaking specifically to the small business segment, which is really just such a hard working group. They all are, but small businesses in particular, um, in many ways, you know, they, they make up the largest employers in, in the United States. There's so many of them that they give uh, you know, these folks jobs, and it, it's a great thing for our country. Uh, unfortunately, they don't always have the size and scalability of the larger businesses out there to help absorb some of these increases as quickly. So, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, it, you know, it could be a really choppy next several months to see how inflation, you know, rising interest rates, uh, increased energy costs, uh, all those ultimately impact that segment. So I, I'm trying to, to, to just absorb what you're telling us here, Evan. And in a lot of instances with a large company, they could withstand maybe some short-term losses because they have they have capital investments elsewhere. They have sizable monetary reserves but if you're a small mom and pop business, when your energy costs go up, when your prices of the goods that you're buying wholesale is going up, you can't that small business can't really take that hit like a sm- like a larger business can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it, that's definitely true. And I think a lot of small business owners out there have been really feeling the brunt of the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, think about how, how resilient they've been through all the lockdowns, you know, folks staying at home. You know, if, if uh, you're a small business owner, you have a restaurant, you certainly you had staffing issues. You didn't have as many patrons dining in, things like that. So uh, they, they've really had a, a really tough last couple of years. And I, I think the ones that have withstood the storm are coming out, you know, scrappier and, and, and ready sure. uh, to go for the next phase. And that's that's really a great thing. Um, but, you know, you, you just can't ever underestimate their resiliency, certainly. But uh, it could be, again, you know, a really uh, – uh, tough road to hoe, as they say, um, over the next uh, several what, months or even quarters. Well, I read the Wall Street Journal every day, and I see day after day more and more economists are predicting a recession. And I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily going to put you on the uh, uh, on the edge on that and make you specifically state one way or the other, but let me phrase it this way. Do you see that it's more possible or probable that will have an inflation, or rather a recession, within the next uh, 12 months or so? Oh, gosh. You know, that's um, it's something we're all watching really carefully, right? Um, it's it's certainly possible. Um, you, you know, again, we, we had just such an amazing, strong uh, economy and stock market with record low uh, interest rates and things like that over the last year or two. Um, you know, I, I think the, the Fed is really um, – taking measured responses and trying to just, you know, not let the economy overheat and throw us, you know, directly, you know, help tamp down inflation without throwing us headlong into a recession. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it'll be interesting to watch. I think, you know, since World War II, 10 out of the last 12 recessions it lasted about 13 months from sort of peak to trough. And it was more like a 26 month, like, you know, to get from where you started back to where you were before the, the recession. So, you know, I don't know in, in the next year or two if we're going to see uh, certainly a cooling down or if it's going to be a full-fledged recession. But I think this will definitely have an impact. And, you know, if, if we do go into recession, I think we can, you know, pretty safely 
anticipate that there'll be a couple years of tough times there as uh, we see those historic uh, trends uh, that have been going on since the end of World War II. Well, Evan, you talked about how Central Bank works with individuals and small companies, uh, but if folks want more information about how Central Bank might help, how can they reach you? Yeah, uh, so obviously uh, welcome any inquiries and, and would welcome the, the privilege and opportunity to work with uh, all businesses, consumers, uh, what have you. So uh, they're always welcome to check out our website, which is www.centralbank.net. Um, they can call, um, you know, into our, our main lines. Uh, we've got good advertising and signage, like at the uh, Bush Stadium during the Cardinals games and things like that. But, uh, you know, we're very devoted uh, to our, our client base and our community, and, and we feel privileged to have the opportunity to work with those folks. Very good. Evan Sowers, Executive Vice President of Central Bank of St. Louis. Hey, thanks so much for breaking down all this information for us tonight on Camel X. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Hey, coming up after the break, we're going to dive headlong into the Supreme Court decision today uh, on the on the gun case. And the phone lines will be open. The text line is open, 314-436-7900. And what I'd like to hear from you is I'm, is I'm breaking down the legal end of it. Do you think that that's bad for the Supreme Court to issue a decision basically expanding gun rights in America right after we've had these shootings in Uvalde and Buffalo? Is that a problem? Or do we take the position, like I do, that rights are rights and we have to change laws or change our policies and procedures to deal with the aftermath of exercising our rights, but we don't squelch the rights of free Americans. 314-436-7900. We'll be right back. Well, it's not going to be a controversial evening tonight at all. I'm going to be talking about guns, politics, religion, and abortion. Boy, just, you know, just nothing contentious. Nothing that'll rattle anyone's cage. Just those nice, simple, easy topics to discuss. 314-436-7900. Billy Michael's been holding through the break. Hey, welcome to KMOX. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. Sure. What's on your mind? I'm just going to say two things. Number one, there is not another right listed in the Bill of Rights that ever gets put on till uh, because of something someone else does, all right? So no other law-abiding citizen's right to free speech or choose a church or anything else gets put on hold because of something that someone else does that violates the law. That's number one. Yes. Number two, number two, there are laws on the books that, that I pay attention to, and every one of us who are law-abiding citizens should pay attention to, in which your district attorney in your county, wherever you live, if your district attorney is, is not prosecuting every gun violation, for example, a prohibited possessor gets arrested by the police, they do their mm-hmm. job, and they arrest a prohibited possessor and put him in jail, if your district attorney does not prosecute that person to the fullest extent of the law, what in the world would we need a new law for? Well, you're exactly right. And the, and the poster child 
for that, Billy Michael, is Kim Gardner in the city of St. Louis. We have there is there Kim Gardner in the city of St. Louis. There 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 are so many examples of police bringing evidence to her, and she will not prosecute. There are so many instances of her office because of effectively malpractice, not prosecuting cases, not meeting discovery deadlines, not turning over documents to defendants as is required under federal law, and cases get dismissed. So all the laws in the world won't protect us, as you've accurately pointed out here, won't protect us if the prosecutors won't prosecute those who violate the law. Exactly right. I'll tell you something. I, I worked for 13 years at the prison in East St. Louis. Ooh, my goodness. A, oh, my goodness. Thank you, sir. Full-time drug treatment facility. It's an excellent facility for a young man who needs to get drug treatment. He's a first-time offender, especially. If they can get the opportunity to go to East St. Louis, in Illinois I'm talking about, sure. not Missouri, but in Illinois, if they can get the opportunity to go to East St. Louis, Southwestern Correctional Center and get some treatment, then God bless them. It's a great facility. But while I was there for those 13 years, I was out in that community many, many, many times. All right. Mm -hmm. And I talked to the people in that community. They don't want people to be let off without penalties. They're not looking to, to, to let people off. They think that everybody who gets arrested that is, if there's evidence against that person, then they ought to be held accountable. Well, in in Shawshank Redemption, they said everybody in there was was uh, innocent, but that's that's the only thing I know about it. <laughs> well, I, I heard that many times. I heard that many times. Yeah, but Morgan Freeman that, said it. It must be true. Everybody yeah, in here is yeah, innocent. So it must be true. If Morgan Freeman said it, it must be true, right? Uh, but no, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where, uh, and and I do it here. I, I live I live about seventy miles up Interstate 70 from from St. Louis and I look at I look at the newspapers from Montgomery and Fayette counties and every time there's a uh, person arrested who is a uh, arrested in possession of a firearm and they are a convicted felon I expect the district attorney in those counties to lock those people up Absolutely we have a right to expect that I mean that's that there, there's there's a, there's a there's a legal term called recidivism, and that's when people exactly. are arrested and either they're incarcerated for a short period of time, or it's just like uh, uh, catching bass somewhere and it's catch and release. All right, and and right. that just adds to the criminal and the crime problem when prosecutors don't take a stand. I have a new law that they ought to per, per, uh, be putting on the books. Here's one for you. Take this into account. Okay, I'm ready. Just like that. The, when they get caught and they are in possession of a firearm and they're convicted and they are a convicted felon in possession of a firearm, they ought to get 10 years. Hmm. If they are a convicted felon and they get uh, convicted of a felony or anyone who gets convicted of a felony while in possession of a firearm ought to get 25 years. And I'm talking about no good time, no day-for-day day good time, and no plea bargain. Mm -hmm. And if they did that, I guarantee you the crime rates would drop. Yep, they would. But, but, but those on the left, particularly the progressives, 
would say that that's wrong and you're somehow punishing them because they they grew up in some sort of an economic uh, 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 disadvantaged situation. But listen, oh, we've got to say crime is crime, and if you break the law, you go to jail. Hey, we're going to have to take a exactly. break here, Billy Michael. I appreciate you calling in, and Thank uh, thanks for listening much. to KMOX. Appreciate it. Thank great, you. Great to talk to you. Hey, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to get into the weeds here on on the uh, Supreme Court decision uh, regarding the gun case that came down just today. If you've got some more thoughts on this, we'd love to hear it. 314-436-7900 at your service. KMOX. Here we are back on At Your Service. Chuck's been holding through the break. Hey, Chuck, welcome to Camo X. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. What's on your mind? Well, so let's get to a couple of things. First of all, Camo X. Okay. As a, as a station. So I've been gone for a long time. So I spent my whole life growing up in St. Louis. I was gone for 30 years because I was in the Navy. I come back here to St. Louis and I listen to Camo X. Completely different station than which is, uh, there's a lot of uh, conservative people, especially on your Sunday evening show, with uh, their like, gun rights and all that crap. So I'm a gun owner, mm-hmm. a big-time gun owner. Like I said, I'm, I'm prior military. I own a lot of guns, right? I understand that. But my issue is this. Everybody talks like there's nothing we can do, and everything you do do is a, an infringement on a right. We... We had to go because of FCC violations. That moment of silence was, in fact, brought to you by the FCC. Thank you, Chuck, for calling in. Uh, appreciate that. You know, we got these pesky little things called FCC rules, and uh, so we got to abide by those. So if you'd like to uh, call up and talk about guns without using expletives, we would love to hear it, 314 436 7900 I wanted to get into this case, and if I can't get to it all this section or this hour, we may have to talk about it a little bit next hour as well. But the kind of things that you hear from the mainstream media regarding uh, regarding the decision that came down this morning uh, in New York City Air, uh, Rifle and Pistol Club versus Bruin. And it was a case, it was a decision written by Justice Thomas, and today is actually Justice Thomas's 74th birthday. So that's kind of interesting. But here's the gist of the opinion. It's very long. I read most of it today. So I tried to distill it down into into little nuggets that we could discuss here this evening. But the first thing that Thomas writes, which I think is profound, is that he basically sets up the idea that the the Second Amendment doesn't take a backseat to any other rights or amendments. Because at this point, if you listen to the mainstream media, the Second Amendment, for the most part for progressives, is only designed to fund an army. And yet we resolved that back oh, way back in 2008 uh, in the case of Heller versus U.S., when the Supreme Court determined that the purpose of the Second Amendment is not for the army, but to provide a method of self-defense for recreation, for hunting, for all of those reasons, you have a right to own a gun. So that whole theory of it's just for the army, it's just for the militia, it's just for the military, ah, it's false, doesn't apply. So 
Justice Thomas points out that up to this point, the Second Amendment's kind of taken a back seat to the other rights because he points out that the right to bear arms for self-defense or to protect yourself or your family is not a second-class right. There's no other constitutional right where an individual has to get permission from the government to exercise that right, because that's exactly what was going on in New York. Let me lay it out for you. In New York, if you wanted to get a permit to carry a gun, you had to go to a judge or a bureaucrat to get their permission. And it wasn't just that you had to get their permission, but they the court or the bureaucrat had to determine that you had a sufficient need to carry a gun. And there was no rules or regulations as to what constitutes a sufficient need. Are you a jewelry store owner that's carrying gold and jewels in a briefcase? Oh, you get a gun. Are you just trying to protect your family? Oh, you don't get a gun. There was no rules laying that out. And there's a legal term called arbitrary and capricious. That means you can't leave laws up to the bureaucrats just to interpret however they want to interpret it. And so Thomas lays it out here that comparing it to other rights, you don't have to go to the government and say, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, Uh, Sam Page, County Executive Sam Page, can I please have the right to post on Twitter that I think you should not be reelected as the county executive? No, you don't have to get his permission. That would be absurd. Or do you have to get the court's permission to say, wait, I'm sorry, I really don't want my house searched unless you have a warrant. No, you search my house without a warrant, everything that you get from that search is going to be excluded as evidence. There's no other right in the Bill of Rights where you have to get the government's permission before you use that right. And yet that's what was going on in New York. That's what's been going on in California. That's what's been going on in Massachusetts and many other blue states. And so Thomas specifically and crystallizes that idea that your rights under the Second Amendment are not second-class rights. And then he goes on to point out how that we recognized in the case of Heller, all the way back in 2008, that the, this Second Amendment applies to regular people, to regular people, regular ordinary citizens. And I know, and I, I, I don't really watch The View. You may watch The View, but I, I just can't watch The View. <laughs> so it's just, I if I had hair, I would pull it out, okay? But they, I'm sure if they didn't talk about it today, they'll talk about this tomorrow. And they're going to be sitting there talking about, oh, this is terrible. This is awful. This is absurd. We can't have this going on because, my goodness, it would be terrible if people have guns to protect themselves. And then Whoopi Goldberg is going to leave that studio where the view is filmed and shot. And she's going to walk out with a team of her own security guards who all have guns. And she can sleep at night in her very nice as a limousine liberal, her very nice home, and she can sleep secure knowing that she's got her own security force to keep her and her family safe. How nice for you, Whoopi Goldberg. Because most of us don't have that. Most of us don't have our own security force, our own private team of armed guards that go with us everywhere we go. Most of us don't have that. So it's very interesting that you can have that opinion 
that regular people should not own a gun when you have your own private security force. And that's really what it comes down to. And so Justice Thomas makes the point that this isn't for the elite. This isn't for the government officials who have Secret Service protection. This is for ordinary citizens. This is for regular people. Because if you think about it, the Second Amendment, criminals don't need the Second Amendment. Because by definition, they've got guns. They don't care if it breaks the law. That's why they're criminals. Okay? So they don't need that protection. But you and I do. You and I do. Now, in the dissent to this case, the dissent made a great big argument based upon current events. And they argued that, well, if you look at Uvalde, if you look at the Buffalo shooting, those shootings happened, and we need to reinterpret the Second Amendment in a different way because of those shootings. And what's interesting, and this shows you, we, we got to see kind of a behind-the-scenes peek behind the curtain view at how the Supreme Court works when that decision got leaked back in May. But the way they do it is they circulate multiple versions of opinions. And and the reason why I'm mentioning that is because Samuel Alito, in his concurring opinion, agreeing with the majority, six to three today, he referenced the arguments that were being made by the dissent in their argument. And he said, listen, the laws in New York didn't stop the shooting in Buffalo. The very laws that we are striking down today as violating the Second and the 14th Amendments, those laws were in place and in full force and effect when the shooting in Buffalo happened, and it didn't stop that. And that is something that you cannot argue with. But I want to make sure that I end this discussion by pointing this out. There's nothing in this opinion that says that you cannot place regulations on guns. The the court doesn't say that anywhere because all rights have limits, whether it's the First Amendment. You know, if if I want to start a church tomorrow, if I want to start a church that says the tenets of our religion is we want to beat baby whales with baseball bats and smoke heroin while we're doing it, sorry, You don't get to have that church, okay, because there are limits even on the First Amendment freedom of religion. You can't have a religion where you beat baby seals with baseball bats. And, of course, I'm being facetious. But my point is there are limits on that. There are limits on free speech. If you go out on your street corner at 2 a.m. with a bullhorn and start giving your political thesis on the wonders of socialism, you're going to get arrested because there are limits to that. And the court at no point in this decision states that you cannot have limits on guns because you can. And I I don't have a problem with that, even though I'm a conservative and a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. There are limits to every right. And that's where I disagree with the NRA, because the NRA's position is there can be no limits on rights, on gun rights. I disagree with that. There can, in fact, be limitations on a Second Amendment right. What do you think? We're going to carry this topic over to the next hour because I want to hear from you. Text or call, as long as you abide by FCC guidelines, we'd love to hear you. Brad Young at your service. More coming up after this on X.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.